You know what that means. Time for another episode of Liberty Lockdown. Woo! Yeah. God, that music puts me in such a good mood. Even though I'm so completely fucking miserable. Because the government continues to make me an unemployed podcaster. Wow. Anyways, uh, I've been thinking a lot about what I'm going to talk about this week, and I don't know. So I'm just going to shoot from the hip. And first thing that came to mind was not playing nice anymore. You know, I like. I think that especially libertarian community, we're so accustomed to logic and reason and being willing to debate our ideological foes to the end of the earth almost obsessively and I'm running out of that patience that ability to do that Um, I think it's because I stopped viewing them as just wrong or just like ideological philosophical opponents and more as my enemy because they are now interfering with my life with my ability to be a free person that enjoys what they do that provides for themselves that you know strives succeeds fails on their own i had that all taken away and i know i'm not the only one i know there's lots of people out there that feel similarly and i think that there's a really good chance that there's going to be violence because of it and not from me Um, I'm fortunate in that I've saved and invested and I don't, I'm not in such a dire position that it necessitates or, or even is justifiable to go the violent route. But if you think there aren't some people out there that have had it all taken away and won't do that, you should really think about that a little bit harder. Um, I think that, you know, people far underestimate the pain that others are going through. I mean, you're, you're already seeing stories about suicide. Um, but the main, the main thing that I've noticed is the people that continue to argue in favor of the lockdown and, 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 and the most bizarre, ironic, hypocritical fashion paint us as the selfish ones (laughs) because we want to live our lives. Um, they they lack all empathy for for what's happening to the people that are you know maybe not dying but having everything taken away from them while wrapping themselves in a cloak of empathy for the sick and the dying i think it's a really fascinating um i don't know just kind of evolution of the outlook of these people is that while they claim to be the sympathetic caring side of this debate in truth they're being completely callous to the lives that are being ruined by the lockdown that they support and i for one am part of that so i'm totally biased and definitely being harmed in my own way i've lost tens of thousands of dollars from not being able to work for a few months and um you know 
it's just <laughs> compared to to people that have kids and um we're living paycheck to paycheck i can't even imagine the stress that it's put people under honestly so i don't know how people look themselves in the mirror you know and and not only that but they they look themselves in the mirror glowingly like they're absolute saints for having this perspective like i don't have i don't think of myself as like being a great person cuz i don't believe in the lockdown i just think it's the most practical response and it's also the freedom oriented one which i would side with regardless of whether or not it's practical um but these people seem to view it as you know a real moral victory for their side and i just can't i can't see it i don't know how i guess perhaps they have to feel that way so that they can justify all of the damage it's causing to people they just get to go oh you it's just your job it's just money do you care about money more than your grandparents it's like well I care about both a little bit, you know, if I'm being honest. And I could still look after my grandma, but if I don't have a job and I don't have any money, it's going to be a lot harder to do that. So how about you keep that in mind in your outlook here? But let's be honest, they're just indoctrinated folks that are listening to the news and politicians tell them what to believe, and they're going out and doing their cathedral best to propagate that message, no matter how moronic it is oh god it's exhausting honestly these people are just (laughs) beyond salvation um which leads me into my next thought which i was having this morning is peaceful secession and i know that it's unlikely i already had one of my followers on twitter read me the riot act for it um because he believes so strongly that it's impossible I don't, I don't see why it's impossible. I mean, I, I understand that it's unlikely. It's extremely unlikely. But, um, well, just so for those that don't know, secession is what was, you know, the basis for the original Civil War because they didn't allow for it. And obviously we don't have any slavery, so let's not make too many comparisons to the Civil War. Um, I'm also not advocating for violence necessarily. I, I would prefer greatly that it be peaceful and mutual. Um, but it just means that a portion of the country separates from the rest and creates its own. Um, obviously, I would like it to be as anarchistic as possible and allow for, you know, what I've, what I've always said is I just need one coastal state. Give me Texas. Give me, give me, I mean, California would be great, but there's no, no chance of it happening here. Give me something. Give me Louisiana. Give me some coastal state that um, leans a little bit freedom-oriented Florida and still has access to ports for trade and business and things of that nature and allow us to go our own way peacefully. Um, And I know, I think it was Jim who uh, tweeted at me saying it's just never going to happen and that it's totally Pollyanna-ish and impossible. You know, I I understand the sentiment and certainly with the federal government and the taxation necessary to maintain the beast uh i can see why they would push back against it but i think if there's ever been a time in our history where there's a chance for peaceful secession it would be now just given that the the lines the ideological lines in this country have never been in my lifetime at least um, drawn deeper or with more permanent marker you know it really does seem as if we're a 
married couple that hates each other. Our, our irreconcilable differences have mounted to the point that uh, we're at each other's throats, sometimes physically. Um, and I wish it weren't that way, you know, but I think that it would be, you know, head in the sand ridiculous to believe otherwise. I mean, we, we are clearly at a point in our history that, you know, I don't, I don't see a peaceful resolution to this. I don't see a meeting of the minds to be had. There are people that believe in the complete demolition of freedom and liberty in this country. You know, we call them status. They call themselves whatever you want to call you know, whatever label they prefer. Um, Democrats, some Republicans, um, independents, sadly, some of them too. Uh, they, they clearly believe that, you know, they're in the right. And, you know, I used to have a lot of patience for that kind of outlook because I realized that, you know, not everyone's had the same education or opportunities that I, I've had in my life. So it makes sense. Not everyone's going to have the same understanding of history and the same appreciation for where, what we've gone through and we're, you know, what we've avoided um, from leaning towards freedom historically. Um, but, you know, at this point, it's no longer a philosophical debate. It's a real world topic, you know. We're no longer talking about the new world order or, you know, tyranny. We're living it. And I can't believe it. You know, I never thought I'd be locked in my house. I never thought that was a possibility. I never thought that half of the country would support it if it were to happen. I mean, you never could have convinced me of that. And I guess that was stupid on my part. You know, I thought that we were different from Nazi Germany in the sense that, you know, you would never have a, a large enough portion of this country to support removing people's liberties, you know. Not not now. I know we've had historical precedents with internment camps and things of that nature, but not in my lifetime. I didn't think that it was possible, and it is. So this is no longer a philosophical debate. This is a real-world discussion. And, you know, as George Bush Jr. famously said, you're either with, with us or against us. And that's kind of how I feel on this one, you know? Like, I can debate tax rates with you I can even debate taxes with you you know like I don't I don't immediately need to succeed secede from a country that has taxation um, but I have to if my liberty is no longer a priority for my neighbor and that's the line you know that's the Maginot line like I have to be free you know, regardless of whether or not you're taxing me and you're treating me like a slave, like, okay, that's one thing and it's irritating, but I can still talk to you. But as soon as you actually make me a slave, you, I can't, I can't have my business open. I can't provide for myself or my family. I can't leave my home legally. I can't walk on a beach legally. Um, yeah, now I'm ready to fight. You know, I'm not, the talking is done. It's time to fight. The other thought I've been having is that basically I can't I can't even reply to people when they talk about stay at home anymore because I'm so afraid I'm going to get suspended. Um, 
my capacity for pleasantries and politeness has completely left me. I basically, if someone, if I say something about like losing my job or something and then they go, Oh, that, you know, that has nothing to do with the government. You're not a victim. I tend to not respond because I'm a, like the only thing that comes to my mind is telling them, Oh, well then we can fight to the death in my front yard. You know, like I'm good with that. You good with that? Or we can go to war. I'm good with that too. I know that sounds crazy, but these are the instinctual reactions I'm having now. So I can't say anything. That's fucking crazy. So I I just wanted to throw that out there. See if I'm alone. Uh, I hope I'm not. And I hope you guys understand and stick with me, even though I sound like I'm losing it. But I've been trapped in my house. I'm unemployed for the first time in forever. And, uh, you know. I'm not, I'm not accustomed to this lifestyle and they did it to me. So now I'm a little pissed. So David French tweeted out, uh, two days ago now said, I'm struck by the extent to which various right wing patriots in quotes, both reject shelter in place and reject masks. So what are they doing for the country? They say they love the founders would be stunned at their callous disregard for a pandemic. Well, first off, um, founders dealt with a pandemic, a smallpox pandemic during the revolution. So I doubt they were wearing masks, but you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll, dis, we'll disregard the factual aspects of this and just talk about the spirit of the idea. And he said that, uh, you know, he doesn't understand what they're doing for their country by rejecting the shelter in place and rejecting masks. Well, let me clear it up for you, Dave. They were lied to about the shelter in place and about the lethality of the virus itself. So now they don't believe you about the masks. Is this that hard to figure out? We were lied to in mass across the board. Fauci, Trump, the media, everybody lied to us about how dangerous what we were dealing with was. Sure. You can say that it was just too soon. They didn't know. Yeah. Okay, fine. I'll even, I'll even grant you that's a possibility for some people early on. They genuinely didn't know, but guess what? They do know now and they're not revising their outlook. Not all, but those that aren't, those that are refusing to revise their prognosis or apologize at a minimum for how far off they were. I have no patience for that. Those are the people I want to meet me at my front door and tell me I can't leave. Let's dance. Sorry, I'm a little amped. Um, so Georgia, which was the first state to really throw off the shackles of tyranny and say three weeks ago that they were going to let people basically go back to their regular lives. And everyone freaked out and said, oh, there's going to be thousands of deaths well turns out a few weeks have passed statistics continue to go in their favor in the same almost exact trajectory of the states that continued the lockdown which tells you a lot if you're not an idiot but i'll paint the picture for our leftist listeners if you didn't lock down, or if you did, 
the results appear to be almost identical. Now, that doesn't take into consideration how much more economic damage was done in those states that the lockdown occurred. So in reality, you're probably, I'm gonna put in quotes, probably, even though you know it's a guarantee, there's gonna be more deaths and more damage done to the states that had lockdowns. Just, just write it down. It's gonna happen. We all know it. A year from now, it's gonna be obvious. If you're paying attention, it's already obvious, but it, it's not for sure, for sure. I'm just going to tell you, it's it's for sure. The states where the lockdowns don't happen, the countries where the lockdowns didn't happen, which are rare, unfortunately, Sweden, um, they're going to be way better off, miles ahead. And they're going to have saved basically no one. And they're going to have killed untold needless lives via drug addiction, suicide, just pill-popping. I mean, my Twitter is a shitstorm. Everyone that I follow is just, like, drinking constantly. Anna. Yeah. All of you. Jared. You're all drinking. Const- too much. Stop. No, I'm just kidding. Do your thing. I don't care. It's, it's hilarious, actually. It really brings me joy. But this is all part of the lockdown. I mean, it's not just about saving lives. You're going to kill other people, and... We're not going to know how many people, maybe ever, but we'll get statistical analysis. We'll tell you how many more people die from, you know, statistically anomalous factors. And you can likely attribute that to the lockdown. So um, I wanted to cover Obamagate briefly. Uh, my buddy Garrett at Garrett again, make, make America great again. It's his podcast. Good show. Uh, he said that, Conservatives acting like Obamagate is going to blow the doors wide open on government conspiracies. We know about MK Ultra. We know about Operation Northwoods. We've heard it from Edward Snowden. None of these shook the public's trust in the intelligence sector. This won't either. I agree. Um, I'm, it's a really depressing point, but it's a great point. And I, I personally was shook to my core by Snowden's revelations, as well as uh, Assange's leaks, You know, which were kind of part of the same thing. But collateral damage for me, I don't know if I would say it it blackpilled me, but it definitely took my already anti-war outlook and made it radical. I became a radical peacemonger, <laughs> um, if that's a thing. I I really, after seeing those innocent people brutally murdered in the collateral damage video uh, by my government, I was distraught. It was one of the one of the few things I remember sharing on Facebook before I deleted it. Um, just disturbed the hell out of me. And you know, let's just be honest: the Obamagate stuff is nowhere near as horrifying. For those that don't know, essentially, what happened is they unmasked uh, General Flynn multiple times, and so we understand what that means because it's fairly complicated. Well, it's, it's simple, but it's, it sounds confusing. Um, essentially they were because our NSA runs surveillance on all of us. Now they do have, thank God for us, a clause where they mask. So they basically redact or just, you know, 
black out the name of any American citizen that is caught caught up in the surveillance of foreign people. So in this instance, it was communications with Russians and they they requested, because apparently they have to request this, which is nice, um, to unmask and say who the American was involved in the conversation. And it was General Flynn. Um, as we now know, General Flynn did nothing. He was caught for lying on a non-issue and uh, they dropped charges. So the Obamagate story is essentially just that, that, you know, from Biden on down and probably from Obama, I mean, you have to assume, they were requesting to unmask, you know, a associate of their political rival in Trump. And yeah, sure, it's a big deal. I mean, I think it's a big deal, but compared to the collateral damage video, no, <laughs> it's not even, it's not going to make most people bat an eye. And already the media is spinning it as a non, a nothing burger, you know, a non story, which to me, as usual, the primary story is completely lost. The fact that they're running surveillance on everyone and the only protection we have is a redaction for American names, which can be requested to be unmasked at any time, that doesn't make me feel good. So I don't know why that's not a story, why people don't care about their privacy anymore. Um, I don't understand at all the outlook of this country anymore. I think that's that's been the thing that has been most devastating to my psyche, more than the fact that I've been alone for 90 days to a large extent. Um, it's just that, I had so much faith in the American public. I believed that they valued freedom. We, I, I believed that our differences, while meaningful and serious, at the end of the day, we still all valued our freedom, I thought. I don't think that's true anymore. And I don't know how that happened. Honestly, tweet at me. Um, at Liberty Lock Pod, tell me how, why, what the hell happened. Because, I mean, did we, did I overestimate the, uh, I, you know, I don't want to call it patriotism, but appreciation for the founding principles of this country. I thought that, like, even the leftists agreed free speech important. Apparently not. Now you have hate speech laws. I thought that they believed that freedom of assembly, right to protest, important. Apparently not. Not when there's a virus that kills a half a percent of the population that gets it. Um, you know, search and, search and seizure, drug laws, throws it out. Uh, the right wing doesn't care about all the police brutality stuff that we deal with to a large extent, which is horrifying. So... I don't know. Across the board, I'm just jaded as hell. I can't believe how few people are rising up and saying, this will not stand. Not in my lifetime. Because that's how I feel. I honestly feel like I'm, I am willing to die for these principles. I am. It gives me chills to say it because I mean it so deeply. And, I, and I'm not a suicidal person. I don't 
I don't want to die. I absolutely love life. But a life without freedom is not an option. And I'll fight for it. The, uh, the biting the bullet guys were talking about, or one of them, I forget which one, was tweeting today about kind of the optimal or viability for, you know, revolution. And I thought he had a really good point. He was just saying that, you know, he's talked about it many times and only in a defensive posture could you garner public support. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I'm not interested in a violent revolution. I would love to have peaceful secession, which I talked about on Twitter today. Um, but I think his point is well taken. That uh, I think it was Jared, by the way. Anyways, I, I think that that's totally true, you know, because the media is immediately going to paint. I mean, they painted the guys in Michigan who were holding swastikas, mocking the governor of Michigan for being a tyrant. They hold that up as evidence that they're Nazis when they're protesting Nazi behavior. Unbelievable. Anyways, so, yeah, that, he's totally right. The media is going to paint anyone that, that violently defends themselves. Um, or certainly if someone goes on the attack, they're going to be painted as radical, crazy people. So I think that having a defensive situation where you're attacked and defend yourself is the only thing that makes sense in terms of garnering public support. And even then, I'm not sure it'll get adequate public support because government media, everyone is going to come out full court press and try and demonize the people. I really wonder if the Waco situation happened today with alternative media that's so accessible, could they so easily bury the, the lead that the government executed 80 people? I don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't hope it happens. I genuinely, deeply hope it doesn't. But I guess to, to remain hopeful, I have to believe that if it were to happen today, they couldn't hide the, the barbarity of it. They couldn't hide the tragedy and the loss of innocent lives. Because they killed, I think it was 20-something kids with gas and fire. Horrific. Um, so I guess if we're going to have a better outcome from a crazy moment like that, I hope with the options available to us of alternative media, we can actually make a difference. I don't know. That's It's an interesting thought experiment. Um, but yeah, as for Obamagate, I, you know, if you think Obama's getting taken down, you're out of your mind. You know, Biden might have to step down from his campaign over the combination of Obamagate and the sexual allegations. But if, if it happens, it's not going to be because of either of those issues. It's going to be because they've decided he is non-viable because his brain is broken, which any rational observer could tell you. Joe Biden is a mental patient. He's lost his mind. And the media props him up like a dead carcass and wiggles his, his bottom lip. <laughs> he just stutters through 
I mean, they're not even speeches. They're like he does he does podcasts because he can't speak live without a script, without just saying insane shit. The guy is a disaster, and it's amazing to watch. And I swear to God, if they run him and he doesn't debate Trump, I'm giving 2020 is a total write off for me if that happens. Because the only thing I've been looking for, and I'm not a fan of Trump, but the only thing I've been looking for, looking forward to, is Trump just mopping the floor as his brain leaks out of his ear. God, it would have been so glorious. So, fingers crossed that happens. And then, you know, they run Oprah and she becomes president. Anyways, uh, second week in a row, South Africa is now waiting in mile-long, miles-long lines for food. Highlighting the human cost of the country's coronavirus restrictions. And don't get it twisted, it's also highlighting the cost of our restrictions. Because we export food. I'm not saying that South Africa is where it goes. I don't know where it goes specifically, but we do. We we have a lot of farms and we do export food. So all of this is part and parcel of an overzealous psychotic response to the COVID-19 epidemic. Psychotic. So detrimental. The amount of death and destruction will pale in comparison to the fraction of a percent of lives potentially, potentially, not even for sure, saved by the lockdown. You fucking idiots. Any politician, any politician who supported the lockdown should have to resign and forever live in shame. At a minimum. That's me being nice. I can't believe that people can't see through this utter nonsense at this point. There's so much evidence for it. Jesus, open your eyes, folks. And, uh, you know, by the time this is all over, you're going to have greater income inequality. The poor are going to be poorer. The middle class is going to be smaller. We're going to be 20, I mean, at this point, we're 25 trillion. It's going to be 30 trillion plus by the end of the year. We're going to have put 25% on our national debt in one freaking year. For, in my opinion, for next to no reason. For a top-down technocratic approach to a problem that should have never been looked at in that fashion. You cannot look at a single factor and decide how to prevent one factor with giving no consideration to the knock-on effects. It is why socialism fails. It is why communism kills tens of millions because they only have one mission and then they forget about every other factor usually economic factors, which is what Austrian economics is all about, which is why libertarians are so horrified of the socialist push in this country. This is it. This is why. This is, this is the evidence, if you're paying attention. I shouldn't have to explain it, but a lot of people don't get it. They look at it and they go, how is it possible we could get it so wrong? I'm telling you, this is how. Because socialists are idiots, they don't understand what it means to make an economy go. The cool thing about Austrian ec economics is that they admit they don't know what it 
means to make an economy go. You have to let people make their own decisions. Millions and millions of people making their own decisions for their own best interests creates the best possible outcomes. It's just a fact. Plenty of empirical evidence demonstrates it. Socialism, on the other hand, not a great track record. Open a book. And then lastly, ex-Google CEO Eric Schmidt said that handshakes are over in America and bowing will become the new normal. Hey, Eric, fuck no, it's not. What is wrong with these people? Have they, have they ever left their houses and talked to normal people? Seriously. Talk to your housekeeper, Eric. She's going to hug her family. We're going to shake hands still. Will some pussies like you stop? Sure, of course. Will all of us stop? All of us red-blooded, freedom-loving, American Eagle shirt, fucking truck-driving people, will we stop shaking hands? No, we won't. And I'm proud of that fact. You're not saving any lives from stopping shaking hands, you sissy. Should be for oh good he's ex Google CEO I wish if he if he was the active CEO he should have to he should be fired or removed by the board or resign for such a dumb observation and and briefly what is it about these billionaires that think that we want to hear what they have to say on these topics you know about Google I don't care what you think about my interpersonal behavior with my friends and family. I don't care. I don't know anyone that does. Why would you possibly mold or model your life around what someone who doesn't know you says? It's about as dumb as staying in your home for three fucking months. Well, that was a good one. Sorry for all the profanity. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. This is Liberty Lockdown. You can follow me at Liberty Pod. I know a bunch of you left reviews for me. Um, they take a little while on, on iTunes. I mean, I know a bunch of you left reviews for me and they take a little while to show up. So once they do, I plan to give shout outs to everyone that, that, uh, that left me a five-star review. You guys are so cool for doing that. It's like best way to get me up in the ratings or the rankings on iTunes. And that's really how people find your show that don't know about it. Obviously sharing when I post um, uh, notifications about the new episode dropping. If you can, if you retweet that or anything, you know, I'll shut you out for that too. I really, that's like, that's how we get the word out. And, you know, for everyone that, that came aboard off of my thread from last week, I'm sure some of this is jarring because you probably didn't know all of my political philosophy. Now you do. I hope you like it. If you don't hang in there, you might, you might grow to grow to love it. It's, it's harsh at first, but it's, it comes from a passionate, loving place. And I love each and every one of you for tuning in each week. This is Liberty Lockdown. This is Clint. I will catch you soon.